This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. Hi, this is Robert O'Reilly. My name is Gowron. Honor to you and your house. You're listening to Trek FM. P.O. Grey Hot. Hello and welcome to another cup of Earl Grey, Trek FM's dedicated podcast to the next generation. I'm your host, Richard Marquez, and joined with me today, as always, is Amy Nelson and Justin Ozer. How are you guys doing today? I am doing well. Very excited to be here with all of us. And how about yourself, Justin? Doing great. Yeah, it's it's great when all three of us are here, which we are again. Right. <laughs> so, and to be talking next generation, I think we have a good episode coming up too. There you go. There you go. Well, before we get into that, we are well, we have a special guest today that we'll be interviewing today. But before we get into that, we have some feedback from the Babel Conference. And um, it looks like we're going to be discussing Babel Conference feedback uh, for Earl Grey 244. And that would be the Tim Dizarn interview. I must say that was a that was a blast. So um, it looks like we got quite a bit of feedback. So Justin, why don't you start us off with uh, the first one? Yeah, that was a great interview. And Tim Han said another excellent interview by Earl Gray. Thanks to Amy Nelson for reading out both my listeners' comment and interview question. Definitely gave an interesting answer. So yeah, yeah. thank you, Tim. Glad you enjoyed that and uh, that we were able to read out your. Your question, which I think had to, oh boy, I'd have to look it up, but I think it had to do with with uh, the what it meant to be part of Star Trek, yeah. right? Yep. And Ron Sarna says, it was a great interview. I too would like to thank you for reading Tim Han's question out. Led to a good discussion there. Yeah, now that makes me want to look up what that question was. <laughs> I think we'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just it's just, it was just such a great episode. I mean, as I told you guys, you know, his NYPD Blue one is is the reason, very reason why I don't go into tactics because I think of the episode he killed someone and and it was because you couldn't uh, unlock the door or something like that. And yeah, that scared. And now I don't go into tactics anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Tim, yeah, for Tim, scaring Tim me. Tim literally changed your life literally <laughs> yeah yeah and i was looking it up and tim han's question had to do about the cultural phenomenon of star trek and the strength of its everlasting appeal so mm, there you go that's a great question yeah today on earl gray we have a special guest jennifer edwards who played ms kyle who is alexander's teacher in the tng episode new ground jennifer thank you for joining us today thank you for having me 
Yeah, it's great to have you here. Yeah. Um, so hit me with some questions. <laughs> All right. So let's start out by asking, how did your acting career start? Oh, okay. Well, um, I was, when I was 10 years old, my father was a uh, fairly well-known um, writer-director. His name was Blake Edwards. And he was working on a, um, uh, a movie um, called The Party with uh, Peter Sellers. And I was visiting the set one day and um, uh, somebody supposedly had seen me and uh, asked who I was and um, uh, found out that I was Blake's daughter and went to my dad and said, you know, they've been casting and looking for a new Heidi uh, for NBC. They're going to do an NBC movie. And uh, they'd been testing all these girls and hadn't found anybody would, uh, would I test for it? And my dad asked me and I said, okay. So I did. I'd never acted before at all. And uh, I did a screen test. And the next thing I know, I was on a plane heading to Switzerland to star in this movie. And um, that's kind of how it was. And I then just got the acting bug, you know, which is easy to do. And, um, but yeah, that's exactly how it happened. It was, I've never, never gotten a role so easy, easily since. Jennifer, we have um, a, a, a group that's called the Babel Conference, and basically it's our listeners group uh, on Facebook. And uh -huh. um, we have a couple questions um, from one of our, one of our listeners. Um, Wes Huntington said, um, were you aware of Star Trek before getting this memorable bit role in TNG or The Next Generation? Oh, sure. I mean, I, uh, well, first of all, my former sister-in-law, um, uh, Denise Crosby was, uh, was in the first, um, year of Next Generation. Um, and she, you know, she and my brother were married for years. So yes, I was very much aware of the show. Um, and, um, and I was, a uh, and I was a huge fan of the original Star Trek. I mean, uh, who wasn't? <laughs> so yeah, no, I was very much aware of the show and I knew, and I actually knew Brent Spiner socially. So even more so I, I, Brent and his wife and I were friends before I even did the show. Wow. Wow. So you're very, very well. So it sounds like you, you like the original series and you're very aware of what was happening in the next generation oh, because yeah. of some yeah. connections. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So Jennifer, I just wanted to say, yeah. um, I am a school teacher and so it's just absolutely loved your role on new ground. I was on a, another podcast on the network called primitive culture, where we talked about, uh, teachers and education and its role in star Trek. And I, in all my years of seeing how <clears throat> movies and TV portray teachers and the education system, I always feel that it's wrong. And then I come to new ground and here you are having this discussion with Worf, trying to explain that Alexander is, you know, having issues and stealing things and stuff like that. And I just feel that you really capture because I've had to had similar conversations with some of my uh -huh. teachers and I mean, with some of my uh, parents and you just have to hold your ground. And I think that the way it was written and how you 
<clears throat> were very sympathetic, but still firm. I just think really captured uh, teachers and the struggle that they have, especially with some difficult students. So, Oh, I really, I really appreciate that. That's really nice to hear. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, I, I was very specific in wanting to be able to portray it that way. Um, because, uh, because, well, I'm, I'm a parent and, um, and, uh, I just felt that, you know, you, you want, you want to at least make a good point, uh, without being, um, aggressive, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, um, so I'm, I'm happy that you, that you saw it that way. Um, and, uh, I was, I was hoping, you know, we, when originally when I was cast, uh, it was uh, supposed to be a, a recurring role. So I really wanted to be able to, you know, put, put some kind of, uh, have some sort of em- empathy Mm-hmm. for that for her you know that that she wasn't you know um hated ultimately that she was you know doing a good job and it probably also comes from you know years of of being in therapy <laughs> that i knew kind of how how it is to be you know um spoken to and and uh, anyway i i really appreciate that that's very kind yeah i mean the <clears throat> scenes are just really spot on where you know, and I just look at it and it's like, you're not placing blame, you know, and Worf's like, well, he didn't learn that at home. Well, yeah, I'm not right. saying that. Let's just fix the problem, you know, and right. move on. Right. So I just, I really loved it. Um, so we, that's really nice. Thanks. Um, so we had another question from one of our listeners, Greg mm-hmm. Malumbi, and he says, do you have a story of any teacher who has come up to tell you um, something similar to what I had or how much your role impacted their profession? I, well, I did actually, I was, I was just about to say when I did the, um, Star Trek convention, uh, a few weeks ago in, in Vegas, uh, I, ha- I did have, I think three or four teachers that, that came up to me and sort of said what you said, they've actually used, uh, th- those scenes as a, as an example of, of how to speak to a parent and, um, which I thought was really, uh, fascinating. I mean, it just goes to show you how, you know, these writers and creators of a show like that are very, um, ahead of themselves. I mean, not just futuristically, but just morally even, you know, and, um, and I think that that, that really goes to show how, why, why this, a, a series like this, you know, has, um, uh, legs, you know, that, that they last for so long because they, there's a, there's a real meaning behind every episode, you know? And I think that was, I think that was true of the Gene Roddenberry, you know, days as well. There's, there was always some kind of, even, even though it might, might've seemed corny now, um, there still were, were very good messages, um, underlying in these, you know, shows. Yeah. And it's, you know, when they do their research and they write good scripts, you can see the authenticity and the integrity of what, you know, the idealistic world should be. And I just exactly. thought, it, yeah. Yeah. I, I have to say it was interesting to, for you to say that, that uh, originally they thought it might be a recurring role, because I think that would have been great to see more of that side, because 
I mean, in, in Star Trek, you see, you know, little bits here of people who are not in Starfleet, people who are civilians, you know, trying to, to do their jobs to support everybody, like being a, a teacher. And I wish we would have seen more of that. Yeah, yeah. I think um, my understanding was is that they just felt that they didn't want to, I mean, I think, you know, they had Worf's son sort of here and there periodically, you know, kind of, and then, but they kept changing the, the, you know, the actor kept changing and, um, you know, so it, it was just, you know, they, I, I don't know, they just ended up just not uh, um, following through with that storyline. But I think it would have been an interesting, um, you know, um, thing to, to have followed up having a, having a school on the enterprise, an actual school. I, I mean, in my head, I was thinking, <laughs> you know, it could be like, uh, like in Star Wars, you know, or, or, you know, Star Wars sort of version of fame, <laughs> all these kids performing or something. Um, but anyway. Yeah. I would have liked that. to have seen that as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, there are, there are different places where you do see teachers a bit here and there, but I think with Miss Kyle, you see the most of like a teacher being a teacher and doing what they really do. Because a lot of times in other scenes, it's kind of like they're in art class or they're just doing some random thing right. and not really being taught. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so, so I'm curious, just just in general, you know, about your experience on on the set and what it was like playing Miss Kyle and also, you know, the scenes that you have, you're working with Michael Dorn as Worf and Brian Bonsall as uh, Alexander and what it was mm-hmm. like, you know, working with them. Well, it was fantastic. I mean, you know, Michael is, is you know, a consummate actor and we had a, you know, really, really nice time working together. And, um, you know, I got to see him a few weeks ago and, um, you know, we, 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 we definitely, uh, admired each other's work. Um, Brian was, Brian was, was, you know, it's, <laughs> I, I'd done a, a pilot years ago, Howard and Ronnie was directing and, and, um, you know, and we were working with a bunch of kids and he turned to me at one point, he said, were we ever this bad <laughs> you know, on a, on a set when we were kids? It was like, not that Brian was bad, but it's, you know, it's tough to work with kids and he, and, and, you know, he would get distracted and whatever, but I, you know, I wasn't his parent or <laughs> the director, so I didn't have to really, um, you know, um, be in, in an authoritative, uh, role in real life, you know? Um, but I think for me, the, the most difficult thing was the dialogue, which of course I don't remember now because, you know, when there's the scene where I'm, talking we were like in the museum or uh, and i'm talking about different um creatures and things and of course these are completely made up names so it's not even like you're 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 learning something that that exists in a medical book or you know uh, uh you know so these words were just they you know were really hard to kind of say and learn because they didn't make any sense you know they, there was nothing to attach them to um, and so that was, that was definitely challenging. I mean, I don't, I don't think I, I, I messed up, but I just remember, you know, trying to learn my lines and, and those words were just like, what am I saying? Yeah. It's your own version yeah. of techno babble. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that was, that was the most challenging 
part of it, I think, for me. And we, when we've interviewed other people who've been involved in Star Trek as, as actors, they've said that too, if they have any kind of lines that the writers have made up or something that's futuristic, it's like, this doesn't mean anything, so I just have to kind of memorize the words and right. just hope for the best. <laughs> exactly, so. exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's, and it's, and it's, a, it's a very strange thing because you have to kind of make something in your head that makes sense of what you're saying, you know? Um, yeah. Nice. So, yeah. so how, so how did you prepare for your role as a teacher um, in Star Trek? Well, I, you know, I don't, I don't really know. I just, I, once you're sort of in your costume, I mean, it's, that may sound really silly in a way, but once you're sort of on set, you're in a car, you know, cause the costume for, for the, that role or any enter, you know, person who's on the enterprise is very specific. So once you're, it's, it's like if you're playing a doctor, once you get that stethoscope uh, around your neck, or once you're, if you play, you know, when I played a detective, when I, when I had, when I had the gun, you know, it's, you, you, it, it kind of just, you kind of morph into the, the, and settle into the character. I don't think I specifically uh, did research because, I mean, I've had enough teachers in my life that I've identified with and, um, that kind of thing. So it's not really the research um, as much as y- you just kind of find your groove, if you will. And hopefully, you know, hopefully you have, a, you know, you have a good team around you. Or you've got a good director. You've got so if, if you know, your 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 captain, as it would be, would be as a, in this case, the director, um, sees you going off somewhere or something that is that doesn't work or whatever, hopefully you're reeled back in or, or given a, a different way to go. But, um, I was very lucky. I just, we, we, we all worked very well together and, and just trusted each other. So, um, yeah. You had mentioned that, you know, you, you know, Denise Crosby or Brent Spiner, like did Brent give mm-hmm. you any tip? tips or hints of, you know, coming on the set? Cause I heard there was quite the shenanigans going on and did he prepare you or give you any hints before coming on? No, no, no. Um, we, I mean, we, um, didn't have really any scenes together, but we, I mean, I remember times like, you know, at lunch or something, we'd sit together or sit outside on, you know, uh, the, the, you know, the, um, the set or just chatting and talking and, but um, no, and I hadn't, I mean, I didn't, um, by the time I was doing the show too, Denise was not, you know, on the show anymore. So, I mean, I would hear, I would hear, you know, little bits and pieces when she was doing the show. Um, but uh, there was no, there were no real shenanigans, let's put it that way, when I, when I was working. Uh, I could have been, uh, you know, I, I, I could have been very prepared. I mean, I've done movies with people like Howie Mandel, who's, you know, the biggest, you know, yeah. jokester <laughs> on the planet. You don't walk into your trailer without, you know, making sure there's no dog poop on the ground, you know? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah. So I, I would have been totally prepared if there had been. Well, I, th- I think from, yeah, I mean, we've, we've heard stories from people we've interviewed and, and from, you know, the, some of the, 
you know, regular actors themselves on, on the show that there was, you know, singing and dancing and all this stuff. But I think maybe that was more the bridge scenes where there'd be like a bunch of them together. Oh, and right. the scenes that you were doing was more just like with a couple of people and, and maybe that was different, but yeah. 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 So I, I actually, one thing that, that I wonder, so, you know, you got this role on, on new ground. Were there any other uh, roles you may have auditioned for in Star Trek? No, around no, that, time? that was the first, uh, Literally the first time, I mean, I went in, I just remember getting a call. It was like, you know, that day, you know, my agent called and said, can you go, you know, be at Paramount at, you know, such and such and for, you know, possible recurring on, on Next Generation. And I said, sure. And I literally, you know, went in, did the audition. There were a few other, you know, girls there. And and by the time I got home, it was on my machine. It was like, yeah, you can, you, can you start work Monday or whatever it was? So it just, yeah, it was just one of those, yeah, easy kind of, I, and I honestly didn't walk out of the room thinking that I necessarily had the role, which is a funny thing too. Sometimes you think, oh, I should have done it differently or whatever. And then you get the part or you walk out of the room and you think, I nailed it. And you don't get the part. It's, you know, it's really bizarre, but it, that was one of those, oh, I guess I did do it, <laughs> a good audition. Okay. I, I, I was just, just curious also because, you know, in, in that era where they, you know, sometimes had different shows going, a lot of episodes and things like that, people would audition for, for different roles and things would come up, but I was just curious right. about them. Yeah, um, no, so not, not, uh, not in my case. <laughs> Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so Jennifer, we actually met at Star Trek Las Vegas a, right. a few weeks ago, and I uh, it was it was great seeing you there. And I, I wonder, you know, about what your experience has been like attending Star Trek conventions. And I wasn't sure if this was the first one you'd been to, or if you'd been to other ones. No, I, this was my first, and I um, uh, I actually um, had been asked to do them before, and timing was just not right or, or whatever it was. And, um, so, and when I decided to do this one too, I, I had heard that Denise had said, well, if she does it, I'll do it. Um, she wasn't really going to do this one. So it was, it was really fun because we had our own little reunion and, and all of that. But yeah, it was, I mean, I, um, for me, it was fascinating on many, many levels. But also it was sort of a reunion because I got to see um, Brent and I were actually on the same plane, uh, it turns out. Um, yeah. And um, Iona Morris and I had done a play together years ago. And so I you know, got to see her and Phil. Um, there, there was a stuntman who was signing, uh, Phil Adams, and he he had done several of my father's movies as a stuntman. So it was other than you know, literally being there for, uh, signing, uh, I got to catch up on, you know, all these old friends. It was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, what was it like meeting with the, the, the fans as well? You know, I was really, um, I, I've done the Hollywood show before. That's, that's the only other one I've done before, which is very, very different because it's, it's just, uh, you know, celebrities of all different types of movies and TV and that kind of thing. So you get a very different kind of crowd there. But the the Trekkie fans are so appreciative and they're so, 
happy. And I mean, the amount of times that people would come up to me and they'd tell me, you know, stories, a lot of times they'd seen other things that I was in as well. And, you know, they could quote from movies that I'd done. And it's like, oh my God, I don't even remember that. Um, and, and just always, always saying, thank you for being here and thank you for coming. And we really appreciate you being here. And, and so it makes you feel like the whole thing is, is worth it, you know, um, just on that level. Um, so I, that's really what struck me the most was how, how grateful they are. So the good, then we might get you next year. Cause I unfortunately missed you. I'd walk by and the table was, <laughs> you know, empty and I was like, Oh, but next year, maybe. Oh. Yeah. Well actually, yeah. I mean, somebody had asked me as well to, um, uh, I guess there's something happening in, in, in England um, which I don't think I'm going to be able to go, but, um, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm now sort of, I, I think my, my, uh, Trekkie shoes are back on, so to speak. And I'd, I'd love to do more of them. Absolutely. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's definitely a good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you appeared in a 1973 film, Go Ask Alice, um, which mm -hmm. starred uh, William Shatner. Um, yep. Did you ever work with him on that movie? Or, and oh, yeah. if so, um, was what was your experience like? <laughs> yeah, well, I think, well, it was Go Ask Alice was the very first, uh, quote-unquote, ABC movie of the week. There used to be, you know, like once once a week, there would be, you know, these movies that would be shot specifically for ABC and Go Ask Alice was the first one. And, and I believe that it was, uh, you know, it was one of Shatner's first kind of big leading roles, if you will. Um, yeah, we, I, we had a couple of scenes together. Um, he, my, uh, my role was Alice's best friend, um, in it. And, um, he played Alice's dad and it was based on a true story. It was based on a on a young girl who gets hooked on drugs and and um, ends up, you know, dying. And um, so it was a very kind of dramatic movie. But um, you know, yes, I, I I as I said, I did several scenes with him. He was always, you know, so good and you know he's such a good actor. Uh, and then um, I sort of knew him from my my first husband who was his karate teacher ironically wow. oh, so, wow. so yeah so we used to we literally used to go to bill's house and you know and have dinner i mean so uh when i was i was still young it was like i was 18 19 20 when when bill was married to marcy and he had horses and all of that so yeah i mean i've so i've known bill on and off through the years just even socially but we never worked together again wow all these connections you have with star trek just blowing my mind that's so cool you can't get yeah, away from it I, right <laughs> yeah so um why don't you tell our listeners and us like what's other roles have been impactful and like which one's your favorite if you have one or two Gosh, um, yeah, I I think well there there are a few, but um, I did a um, a, a pilot 
uh, Peter Gunn pilot um, a few years ago with Peter Strauss, where I play his um, kind of kooky uh, uh, secretary assistant. And she was really fun. She was really, really fun because she just was totally out there. And it was all based in the 1960s. So, you, you know, it was cool wardrobe and cool cars and all of that. And then, um, and then I did a movie with my dad called Sunset, um, where I play, um, um, well, she, well, it's based in the 1920s and, um, uh, I play Malcolm McDowell's sister and the two of us are, are kind of bad guys. And, uh, um, I get to, you know, kill somebody and then I get killed and, and it was, that, that was, that was a really, really cool, fun role as well and um you know because it was period piece it's always fun to do period um for me um and i got to you know fight with bruce willis literally fighting you know kicking screaming (laughs) um so um yeah i mean i you know i've been very lucky in that i've been able to do you know like ragingly funny comedies and really really serious um, dramas and sort of across the board. So it's hard to really nail one specific, uh, yeah. When part, they're so different like that. Up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Physical comedy for me is I think the most, uh, fun, um, to do, um, sort of wacky, you know, out, really out there stuff. So have you always done like on screen or have you done theater as well? Oh yeah, no, I've done a lot of uh, well, not not as much as I'd like, but uh, yeah, I've done several plays. I just did a play last year, actually, here in L.A. Um, we were supposed to run for four weeks, four or five weeks, and um, we were just we were sold out and ended up, you know, running for like three months, and we met great reviews, and and in fact, uh, because it was so well received, they've just now. Uh, developed it um, into a screenplay and are hoping to make it into a film. So, um, yeah. And I just read it and it's, and it's, it's fantastic. It's really, really good. It's very, it's very dark comedy. Um, So, yeah. So hopefully that'll happen soon or, you know, we'll see. I never, I never believe anything until I hear (laughs) cut print. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I, I'm actually just just curious, maybe getting back to, to Star Trek for, for a moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, you said you'd watch the, the original series. I assume you watched some of Next Generation. Have you watched other Star Trek series or their like favorite, you know, series or episodes or anything like that? Not specifically. I mean, I, 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 um, I did watch for a while. I was watching Deep Space Nine. I liked I liked that show. I liked the look of that show. Um, um my here we go i just realized something else my uh, younger daughter who's 25 now her dad was on uh Bamalon 5 um for several seasons, several shows um he did a recurring role on that um and um so i watched that for a while um but um i i've loved i've loved the star trek movies i mean i they just you know i think that anytime you see something like that on the big screen, it's just, you know, so exhilarating, you know, and, and I think the, the new cast that, that 
have been doing them. It's just fantastic. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've loved those too, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned Deep Space Nine. I mean, even though we do a podcast about the Next Generation, which I love a lot, Deep Space Nine is actually my favorite because I love oh, the storytelling and the characters and and uh, everything that they do there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. So, so tell us, uh, what do you like to do outside of acting? Maybe hobbies and interests, or things you do in your free well, time. Well, I'm a, I'm I'm a writer as well. I I I I love to write. I've written. I just finished um, uh, a pilot that I'm hoping to get out to some people. And and um, I did a uh, I did a screenplay um, uh, last year that ended up sort of over at Hallmark for a while. They really liked it and. So they're going to re look at it again. They already had their lineup, but they're going to look at it again uh, for next year. Um, I did a, uh, I did another screenplay um, that is uh, right now with a company up in Canada uh, that are looking to possibly make that. I um, am my fiance and I, he's a, composer musician and we um write songs together he just put out another cd and one of the songs that i i I do lyrics and he does the music that's on his new suit cd um and i paint and uh um, i make jewelry i had a whole jewelry line for a while um i'm sort of a jack of all trades if you will (laughs) i just i'm constantly i constantly need to create whether it's you know, I keep a journal in my car. I, if I'm sitting at a restaurant, I have it right next to me in case I'm inspired by something. Um, you know, I'm just kind of all over the place. <laughs> it's a little bit, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm always busy. Wow. I mean, just listening to all that, I'm like, this is You're a tired? true creator. <laughs> yes. Um, and I just am so amazed. Like I teach math. And so... Being creative, like you're saying, painting and writing and journaling and lyrics. And I just am very, very impressed. I I think that's so amazing and wonderful that you get to express yourself that way. Oh, well, thank you. I think, you know, it's it's also very kind of instilled. I think just growing up, my dad was, he, you know, as many films as he directed, he wrote almost as many films and he started off you know, writing in radio. So I don't ever, ever, I, I mean, we used to say at the dinner table, sometimes, you know, everybody would be talking, the kids, we'd all be talking and, and uh, we'd see dad sort of stare off into space and we'd whisper dad's writing, you know, cause he's always writing in his head, you know, and creating. And, um, and he also painted and sculpted. That was his, that was his sort of um, meditation, if you will. He'd go off especially when he was writing, writing, he would go paint, you know, just to sort of get his head clear. And, um, and he was really prolific. And um, my stepmother as well. I mean, if she wasn't, you know, performing or singing or whatever, she loves, she would keep diaries, you know, masses of diaries. And, uh, and then she started writing children's books. So, you know, it was just kind of, we were just brought up like that. I think my whole family has just been like that creative and um my 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 daughters are that way uh too so yeah um and interestingly my my seven-year-old granddaughter 
is really into math. <laughs> Loves math. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I, that was not not my subject. I can tell you that. <laughs> Maybe I needed you as a teacher. <laughs> Maybe you, you have taught me. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I still count on my fingers. What can I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but wow. I mean, it sounds like you were just surrounded by by creativity. You know, when you were growing up, and then it's just it's just a part of what you do. And I'm always. I mean, my wife is like that too. She's very creative and what she does, drawing and writing songs and all this stuff. And oh, I, cool. I'm just amazed by that because I don't do that really. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just amazed like you made that thing. It just kind of, there was nothing there and then you made it, you know, I'm just oh, always impressed by that. <laughs> I love that. That's actually what Stuart, that's what my fiance will, will say some, sometimes. He, you did that? <laughs> it's like, yeah, but honey, you just were in the, you were just in the studio and you just wrote the most beautiful melody. I mean, you did that, you know, people say to me too, that, you know, I have this idea, but I don't know, I don't know how to, you know, make it come to fruition. I have, you know, what, and I, and I'd say, sit down and write it. Well, I don't know how to write. Yes, you do. <laughs> of course, you know how to write, write what you know. You can always change it. Writing is rewriting, but write it. Just, just go for it. What's the worst thing that can happen is you have, you know, a couple spelling errors or something. I mean, write it because there, there are a lot of people walking around with great stories and, and, and other people would probably be really interested in them. You know, and um, so when when people do say, I just, I don't know, I just don't think I could, it's, no, yeah, sit down and write. It's, it's, it really, and, and once you start doing that and, and, and sort of, you know, get into the pattern of doing that, people are really surprised that, that they actually can write, you know? So I always just recommend that they just do it, try it. Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely something to that because, you know, it's not like I've written, you know, novels or screenplays or anything, but whenever I have to to, to write something from scratch for anything, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just kind of be like, oh, I don't know what to do, but then I'll just put it out there and the first thing that comes out, I'll be like, that's garbage, but let me let it sit for a bit and then just keep, you know, going over it again and again and then eventually it's like, huh, that's not bad. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe right? I can make that even better, so, yeah. Because yeah. I don't think, unless you're like, you know, a, a super prodigy genius, it's not going to come out perfect the first time. There's going to be oh, things no, you're going to have to revise not. and keep no, going. Of course not. So. <laughs> yeah, but you, yeah. but yeah, it's like, it's like you don't sometimes know when you're talking. I mean, I'm talking right now. I really don't know exactly what's going to come out of my mouth, but I'm talking because I'm responding to you and, and what you just said. And, you know, and it's the same thing I think with writing. I mean, it's not like somebody says to me, you know, I, I want to learn the violin, you know, at, at 50 years old or whatever. Uh, I want to play the violin and I, you know, I'm not going to say, well, just do it. I, I mean, you, you can, but you're, you're not going to be great at it uh, immediately. <laughs> you know, you're playing the violin, but it's, but it's different when it's, when it's your own thoughts and your own experiences to sit down and write, you know? Um, and I, and I really believe that. I mean, it's the same sort of thing with, with, with acting. Somebody, when, 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 I, when I first got Heidi, I'm 10 years old. I'm only 10. I mean, I don't have a lot of, you know, things to go, go off on or, you know, I'm 10. But my dad said to me, there are two things to remember as an actor is one, there's no such thing as acting. It's all reacting. And 
And number two is to listen. Because even if nothing's going on dialogue-wise, there's still stuff going on, maybe outside, maybe whatever. You're still going to react to what you're listening to. So it's always, you know, that's, those are the two things that always made the most sense to me. I, and, I, and anybody who says to me that they want to start acting or whatever, I tell them the same thing. There's no such thing as acting. It's all reacting. And to listen. Um, and that makes the most sense. And there's no such thing as writing. It's all rewriting, you know, because you're always going to correct something probably. Or somebody's going to read what you wrote and they're going to say, you know, I don't, yeah, maybe take away the, you know, the, the voiceover. I don't know. So, yeah. I feel like I'm teaching now. Yeah. <laughs> we are your students. Well, you know, the- back. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting when we have these conversations because we talk to people that are doing these creative pursuits like acting or directing or writing or whatever. And it usually comes up that the things that they've learned in doing those things and what it means to them and how Mm -hmm. people can kind of really think about it and digest it and do it, right? Not think of it as this daunting thing, but like you're saying, it's like these two simple things. And from that, you just do it your own way, right? Exactly. Exactly. Because you're, you're you. There's nobody else that, that, that I, I mean, I, you can tell, you can tell me your story and I can write it down, but you're still, it's, it's still you. And, and, and you're still going to be able to say, well, no, that I didn't really feel that way or whatever, you know, so why, why not have you write your own, you know, story or whatever it is that you're thinking about, you know? Um, because it's it's coming from your your head and your heart. So tell us about any current or upcoming work you'd like to let our listeners know about. Well, actually, <laughs> I have a um, an internet show right now that I'm doing. Um, we've we've shot several little funny episodes I, I, with my my friend Catherine um, called uh, Two Blondes Don't Make a Right," and um, it's it's basically uh, the two of us doing things that um, we've never done before, and um, and we film it, and um, it's it's been really funny. Um, we have one where we we attempted to do aerial silks, you know, where you know like Cirque du Soleil stuff. Oh. Um, basically, I just fell constantly. Mm. Um, oh. <laughs> We have we have a synchronized swimming one. Uh, we we're this Friday we're actually shooting an ice hockey episode. <laughs> uh, God forbid, I we I yeah. Um, we'll see, um, <laughs> but it's it's on YouTube right now, and uh, it's it's official. Two blondes don't make a right. The number two, um, and it's 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 really funny i mean we're getting a really good audience uh and i don't know what's going to happen with it we're hoping to maybe you know sell it and uh, have you know people write in and say what they want to see us doing and i've already said i will not bungee jump and i will not jump out of a plane those (laughs) i will not do those things no no Um, oh, but it's so much fun jumping out of an airplane. Yeah, I have to <laughs> well, actually, agree. Actually, yeah, my my daughter, my youngest, Hannah, sent me. Yes, yeah, she's just done her 
ninth, I think her ninth jump. And yesterday she deployed on her own and sent me the video and I basically threw up watching it. Oh. <laughs> um, no, I didn't. But it was, you know, my, my baby. I mean, she's just and all, and she's just floating around in the sky with this huge smile on her face. I mean, she's just, uh, I don't know how, I don't know how she, and oh, and then five days ago, she was rock climbing. Uh, and, she, and she's a professional dancer. It's like, honey, <laughs> please keep your feet, you know, safe. And uh, I don't know. So uh, anyway, I, I didn't mean to like uh, derail the whole conversation. No, but no, right. I was just curious: is she a boulder, or is she, uh, or does she use lines? I'm just curious. Oh, uh, she was. Uh, she did lines, I guess. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah. okay. <laughs> her her. I don't fiance, know. If... Her fiance's brother does like the tightrope walking, like across you know uh, the the Grand Canyon and weird stuff. I mean, yeah. Uh, so wow. he, he, yeah, I, I mean, he has safety harnesses and stuff, but still, I mean, I uh, don't know how he does it. So that he was the one who, you know, repelled and everything with her. Nice. Right on. Yeah. The the risk takers. Yeah. I know. I, yeah. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, it's it, the, uh, that video series you have sounds, sounds like fun. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so tell us where listeners can find you online. Well, I'm on Facebook um, and uh, Instagram, Jennifer Blake Edwards, um, and uh, Jennifer Edwards in Topanga is is Facebook. I don't have a website or anything. I mean, I I have somebody who said they would do one for me, but uh, I I just haven't gotten around to it. I'm I'm somewhat I'm somewhat technically challenged. Okay, but I mean people can connect with you in those places and that's good. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we, just, we just want to let people know in case they wanted to, you know, reach out yeah. to you or follow what you're doing. Of course, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh thank you so much for joining us today, Jennifer. It was a pleasure having you on Earl Grey. Oh, thank you guys so much. Hope I get to see you at the next uh uh, convention. Yes, I will for sure make sure to yes. come by and, and stalk your table to make sure I get to meet Please. you. <laughs> stalk your table. <laughs> well, yeah. Don't stalk it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she means she'll, she'll come back a couple yes. times okay. to see if you're good. there. <laughs> oh, good. I look forward to it. So, that was a great interview, wasn't it, guys? Yes, it was. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. So we got your... to interview Amy's favorite teacher in Star Trek. I know, Trek. and finally a teacher <laughs> that actually represents what I do. I I was very impressed with her. And I think she had she had some some really great stories of of working on the new on new ground and. She had these connections, like, you know. I know, every time I'm like, <laughs> um, Denise Crosby was her sister-in-law, yeah. and she knew Brent Spiner. All and these bomb drops. You know, she, I'm like, what? One of her, yeah, and, and like, you know, her, her first husband was William Shatner's karate teacher, and it's like, wow, <laughs> that's really cool. So I didn't know he knew karate. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he had the Kirk Fu in the original oh, yeah. series. He maybe knew a little bit, but needed some more teaching to make it more formal. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, that was great. And, you know, just talking about all of the experiences that she's had, what it was like at the convention and all of that, it was just wonderful. And yeah, hopefully if she's there next year and 
our listeners are there as well. They'll go by and say hi. I mean, it, I, I just talked to her for a little bit at Star Trek Las Vegas this year, but just, you know, very kind and welcoming and happy to talk to fans. Yeah, and so. just a true creator. I mean, listening to all the things that she does. Yeah. And she's <laughs> such a champion and supporter of just go out and do it. I mean, it's like, I'm not a creator, mm-hmm. but I'm like, man, I think I could. Let us let me try and write Maybe something, could, you know? Yeah. And she's so encouraging and just try it and do it and see what comes out. And uh, she is very inspiring. And yeah, I think she enjoys her craft and wants everyone to find what they love and if you love acting and then go for it because you know that was great advice that she gave it's like you're not acting you're reacting Mm -hmm. you know so listen Hmm. and I thought man that's exactly right I mean I don't know but it sounds exactly right I mean encouraging enough to go skydiving or rock climbing you know (laughs) (laughs) maybe I don't know (laughs) I do the acting or writing. I, I actually did a bit of acting when I was in middle school, and that was I, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. But uh, I think that is good advice. Just you're there, react to what you're doing, and just listen and go for it. So I think it's my yeah, my it's, acting it's career ended in, uh, in elementary school. Mm. <laughs> really? Yeah, I was the scarecrow in the um, in the Wizard of Oz during the poppy scene. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so otherwise uh, it wasn't really that much of a big deal. <laughs> okay, so it ended because that's the only thing you did. It wasn't like, you know, you fell over and embarrassed yourself or anything. <laughs> well, uh. no, 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 that was it. That was it. Yeah, that's I cool. had no passion yeah. in acting. <laughs> yeah, but but I, I do like that about these interviews when we talk to these these creatives that are involved in acting, writing, directing. They're giving this advice for people how to do it, what it's like. It's just so great to get all those insights. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went to uh, the the YouTube that she's on, uh, Two Blondes Don't Make a Right, and it is the number two because there is another another YouTube that spells out T-W-O. That's not hers. And it says, Jennifer and Catherine set out on various adventures to experience all that life has to offer. So I think I'm going to subscribe. It looks interesting. Yeah, it does. I want to see that silk one. I, I I see those I see those kind of studios all over the place, but I never see anyone. And you always see the comedies of people falling off them. So I'm sure that'll be fun <laughs> to watch. <laughs> Definitely. All right. So listeners, a preview of next week's episode. Next week, our guest will be Rob Chapman, and we'll be talking about the episode lessons. So go ahead and t- and uh, rewatch that episode. It's the one with Picard and Nella Darren. Justin's favorite. Yes, I'm probably hmm, I wonder say how why we're talking it. about that. <laughs> well, you know, Rob had suggested we talk about it, and I was like, "Yes, let's talk yeah. about it." <laughs> so anyway, no I think we'll have a good. We're not, we'll not. We will I thought it was just time talk about zero. Nella Darren. I thought it was time zero. <laughs> That's my favorite two-part no. in the next generation. Oh. This is my favorite romance in the next generation. Oh. So. Okay. But don't worry, listeners. That's not the only thing we'll talk about. We'll talk about different aspects of the episode. So anyway, hopefully you'll join us for that. Is there anything else in that? No. <laughs> right on. Yeah. They play music. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, you'll have to wait we'll till see. next week to hear what else we're going to yeah. talk about. <laughs> I'll have, to, I'll have to think about what else there is in that I episode. I'm a bit blinded by it. Okay, all right. <laughs> right on, right on. Well, we're definitely looking forward to that. <laughs> well, it's been so much fun interviewing Jennifer Edwards today, but that isn't the only thing we've been uh, talking about here on the network. Here's what you might have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM, Primitive Culture, a look at history and culture 
through Star Trek. You know, I remember the freedom of having my own car, and believe it or not, I actually had a Plymouth Fury. It wasn't a 58, right? No it way. Was, it was a 73, <laughs> but yeah, my first car was a Plymouth Fury, and there was, this is, the movie was part of the reason why. When I saw that for sale, it was a cheap car. I paid like 500, 300 bucks, something like that for it. It was in really Brandon, good Brandon, you really, you really didn't take the message of this movie. <laughs> you went out and bought one of those cars. <laughs> it was yellow. It wasn't red, you know, so. Who knows? Someone might have sprayed it. Standard Orbit. <laughs> We recorded most of the Shatner episodes. Every now and then we missed. Like, okay, we'll get it next round with Nimoy. We kind of thought it'd be the same thing. It's like, oh, there's going to be no difference. It's just Spock reading it instead of Kirk. No, completely different, right? So it's like, oh, crap. We should have bought 160 tapes instead of 80 for this. Literary Treks. I did like the scenes with his family and Riker, you know, spending the night at the home, getting up in the morning, having breakfast with the family. Oh, look, they made him coffee. There was just, there was just something really nice and settling about Riker just being in that situation and being treated with such respect and with arms around him, you know, just walking him and making him feel at home. And I guess you don't really feel that all that often in many Star Trek stories when you beam down to a planet and you're just welcomed into somebody's home and you're just seeing what a normal, happy family is like. Warp 5. That's kind of how Trip acted, though, right? He he needed to see this. He needed to actually step in uh, to the situation, and and I appreciate that. You know, like a lot of people give him some flack for being kind of pig-headed, or I think they even almost assume that he has a problem with the three genders. And he's like, no, I don't have a problem with the three genders. I have a problem that this third sex. I, I guess they get it wrong. Enterprise, the writers should have said sex the entire time they should have said sex but i'm guessing you know they're on tv and if they say sex a whole bunch they might get uh, the wrong the wrong idea and that's what else is happening on trek.fm check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the star trek universe and beyond you'll find us wherever you get your podcasts if you're an apple user be sure to hit the subscribe button in apple podcasts on iphone ipad or apple tv or the desktop itunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published and please leave us a star rating and written review that helps others to find the show if you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, in most third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show, and there are many ways you could do that. The best place is to join the larger conversation on is the Babel Conference, <laughs> our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel. B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook, and it should come right up. If you'd like to send us an email, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm slash contact. Choose to send to a show and select Earl Grey. That will come right to us, and we might read your email on the show. You can also find the network on Twitter at trek.fm and on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm. So Richard, where can people contact you when you're not having a parent-teacher conference about your Klingon son? You know, that's actually um, funny you mentioned that because I went to a kid's birthday party yesterday and uh, I was talking to some of the parents about parent-teacher conferences (laughs) and and horror stories on that. Oh, goodness. (laughs) So I can only imagine. (laughs) So... (laughs) Well, uh, you guys can find me on Facebook. I pop in uh, here and there on the Babel Conference, and I am also on Twitter, and my handle is xransom. So, Amy, 
Where can people contact you when you're not teaching math on the Enterprise D? Oh, man, can I please have that job? Oh, that would be so awesome. <laughs> math officer Amy Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can find me here on the network. I co-host The Edge with uh, Patrick Devlin, and that is about Star Trek Discovery. I am also on Twitter at Miss Amy Nelson, and I am currently tweeting about my Deep Space Nine rewatch, and I am in season four, the tail end of it. But my favorite place is the Babel Conference. So, Justin, where can people contact you when you're not fascinated by watching a Corvan Gilvo? I'm always fascinated by watching those made up creatures. Yes, it's almost <laughs> extinct, I believe. Yes, there's very few left as of New Ground. Yes. We don't know what. Maybe in the Picard series, we'll find out if they've recovered. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly not. Although we did find out more about Corvan 2 and Discovery. Yeah, we did. So that's something. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at TrekFan4747, where I tweet about nothing but Star Trek. Currently tweeting out my season six rewatch of The Next Generation. Yes, I'm making my way through it. It's taking some time. <laughs> and you can also find me hanging around the Babel Conference on Facebook. If you'd like to help us keep all our shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron of the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash trekfm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more, available through our special patrons website, The Patron Zone. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. We'd like to take this opportunity to recognize our star students, and I think Miss Kyle would approve. Those are our associate producers, Norman Lau, Justin Ozer, Michael Huter, and Thomas Appel. Thank you for supporting Trek FM and Earl Grey. So join us next time for another cup of Earl Grey. Great joy and gratitude. He's told me you said Klingons do not listen to teachers. Today is a good day to die! And listen to teachers. <laughs>